just the video, but I think should be okay. You don't you don't need to look at me anyway. You're not missing <laughs> out. Just stare at your own picture the entire time. Oh, well, where are you, Sam? Uh, I'm at the Fitchburg Bridge Suite Shit. in Madison. Oh, okay. How far is that from the venue? Um, it's about a 10 minute drive. It's not too bad. Did you get in the kayaks today? Yes, we did. We got in the kayaks. We tried on our little flippers. And uh-huh. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, did kayaks you. Are not too uh, bad, I don't think. Oh, you're cutting out pretty bad. You're pretty choppy. I didn't even hear what you said. I wonder if there's a better place in your room. You're sitting. Are you? You're in a hotel room. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me go around the room. Now it's great. It's fine over here. Yeah. Can you stand on one leg and then hold your other hand over your head? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Be a human antenna. Um. So you got in the kay- They got you got in the kayaks, and it wasn't so bad. Is it gone again? No, you're good. Do you hear me good? This is annoying. Just let, I hear you. Yeah, I can hear, I hear no you. Problem. Just let me know if okay. I need to. Uh, okay. If I need to move, you tell me, and I'll I'll move around. Yeah, this is much better. Um. So tell me about the kayaks. I mean, I know you spend a lot of time in a kayak anyway because you kayak um, back and forth between the Big Island and Ireland all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a daily thing for me. I'm a kayak <laughs> expert. <laughs> uh, today's kayaks were pretty good, um, so we did a little practice swim. They bust us out to the lake. We did a little practice swim um, with the flippers. It's a bit different with the flippers. Uh, uh-huh. The lake is a bit smelly, which is okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it stinks a bit. And then um, we got in the boat. Kind of, it was a bit choppy. There's a bit of wind out there, but it wasn't too bad. And then um, we kind of just, I think, someone was trying to do the maths, like so. It's three miles of kayaking, and someone was saying like they they were looking at their Garmin. They were saying their top speed is like uh, one mile every 17 minutes. So it's going to take like it's going to be like an hour of minimum of kayaking. And you swim first. You swim first, so you swim a mile, which is kind of around the edge. They have like buoys around the edge of the shore. You go up 800 meters, come back 800 meters. You do a swap, and then you're out across the full lake on your kayak. Sam Stewart is from Ireland. He took uh, third place or or fourth place, depending on who you ask, um, <laughs> in the CrossFit lowdown, lowlands uh, throwdown, lowlands throwdown. And uh, he did not have to come through the last chance qualifier. He handled his business um, in what was a very, very close race. You were only uh, you were less than thirty points behind the great uh, Carl Goodmanson. I would have said his first name, but I think I'd fuck it up. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so you're coming in with some confidence. Yeah, for sure. I don't think there's no and- there's no reason not to be confident. Uh, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, like you're hanging around these athletes. Oh, like today we were hanging around the athletes all day, and there's no one. Everyone there is a human, you know. No, and no one looks as big as they look as they do on Instagram. No one looks, and everyone has skin, flesh, blood. You know, it's not. Um, there's no superheroes. Now. Some some people might pull out a superhero kind of level performance, but it, that's just what happens. It's not them, you know. They're not a superhero. They're not any different from anyone else. There are people that have enormous advantages. For example, Colton Mertens. Like you said, that lake smells bad. He works on a pig farm. That lake smells great to him. He loves it. So, 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 so he's going to have an enormous advantage in the lake because he's going to be in bliss there while the rest of you softies are going to think it smells bad. Yeah, for sure. He's going to be doing he's going to be 
squirting at the water like a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great visual. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that people are going to love because they're going to just get to destroy me in the YouTube comments. Are, is there kayaking in Ireland? I mean, I think there's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I'm okay. Not, I don't know if it's, I think it's as big as any other kind of outdoor water sport. It's probably bigger than paddleboarding, like the prone paddleboard that everyone was practicing. Yeah. I think that's like, that's not very big. I, I see a lot of people doing stand up paddleboards, not as a sport, but as kind of recreational. Um, yeah. But I think kayaking or like even some, some sort of rafting is definitely, uh, it's definitely done. Yeah. I'm in California and, and basically every third garage in the suburbs that you drive by with the door open, you see a kayak in the garage. I mean, it, it probably doesn't get used, but, but you see it, you see it a lot. And I, I just wasn't sure if that, you know, each country has its own things. Um, you, you I've never seen a, a cricket paddle in <laughs> anyone's garage in the United States. So I, I never know what exactly people are doing. Fair enough. Uh, and you were training with, um, the great Max El Hajj, uh, and the, um, and the, who Travis Mayer comes from that pedigree. What's that been like? Oh, fantastic. So I started working with Max just like kind of December, January time. So pretty much all of this year. But, um, I got to go over and train with him in person the last two weeks as soon as we got our kind of travel pass from, um, Homeland Security uh, or the FBI, whoever it was, someone scary sounding. Um, uh-huh. and then, yeah, so I was training with Travis, I was training with Noah, Sandra, it was a good crew. It's, it was good to, um, actually have your coach in person because most of the year has all been online. Max would text me. I'd have a zoom call. It'd be as like this. It's, it's not as good as in person, but it, you know, it'll do. Um, but so it was really good to, uh, hang out. First of all, he's a cool guy. And second of all, get some kind of feedback in the moment like when he's looking at you how tall are you five nine and how much do you weigh um in pounds i'm not sure but about 87 kilo i think that's 190 something okay so so you're the you're the perfect crossfitter 190 something <laughs> five nine you bet <laughs> um was it so that's the first time two weeks ago is the first time you ever met max and team in person no so i met max at some training camps in the past <clears throat> Um, but it was the first time while I was getting coached by him that we were okay. training in person. Yeah. And when you show up there two weeks ago, what is the vibe between um, you and Travis and Noah? Is there a lot of butt sniffing or is it um, just, you know, you know how like dogs do that? Yeah. Or is it pretty much just family right away? Yeah, definitely a mix. To be fair, those guys are super, super cool. They were, they were, there was no like, um, cold shoulders it was all let's get training you know what's cool about crossfit is everyone kind of speaks the same language you know you could be from you could speak a completely different language but when it's time to snatch you both you both speak the same language there you know so we all had a common interest competing crossfit and just hanging out being idiots that kind of stuff so, kind so of, there was no posturing. It wasn't like you went over to grab a barbell and Travis is like taps you on the shoulder and shakes his head. No, that one's mine. No, none of that. None of that. Okay. Just checking. I just got to make sure my boy Travis is squeaky clean, squeaky clean. Yeah, fair. We got to keep his record good. I'll get you um, the real dirt on Travis Mayer. Oh, thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, That would be a great title for a podcast. Yeah. The real dirt. <laughs> Um, did you, have you met his kids and family? No, I didn't. Because, um, why not? Because it's all business this last two weeks. Yeah, I think he was super busy and I think, um, I think he wanted to, I think his schedule is quite tight. Like he wanted to, obviously he's away for a full week now. So he wanted to be at home as much as possible. And if, he has a cool switch. Like he, he's at the gym. It's all gym business. Obviously we're messing around, but it's like, let's train. And then when he gets home, I think he kind of flicks the switch and he's the family man. Gotcha. And and how old are you? I uh, just turned 24. Wow. Okay. And uh, are you married? No. Do you have kids? No. And um, did you come over here by yourself? I did, but my girlfriend traveled here just yesterday. She got here yesterday. 
And is that a good thing or is that a distraction? No, I think it's a good thing. Uh, she's she's not. Um, she'd be the first to tell me if I'm getting out of line. <laughs> <laughs> is she an Irish Irish woman? Yep. And and uh, so I noticed on your Instagram that um, it, it looks like in a previous life you were a fighter. Is that correct? Yes, I was. Yeah, I used to do um, kickboxing, Chinese kickboxing, which is like uh, Muay Thai, but it has takedowns. But, oh, okay. But no, no jujitsu. So you hit the floor and then you get back up. And then I used to do uh, Kung Fu as well, like growing up. And then did, were you pivoting towards MMA? At one point, I definitely was. But um, it was a, kind of just a time where, okay, I could go MMA or I could go CrossFit. And just the way I was kind of, I was still in secondary school or uh, high school, and um, just kind of, I just kind of floated towards CrossFit a bit more. Uh, just, it, it just, se- it just seemed when you say floated, meaning you would go to the gym and you would gravitate more. You just started noticing if you were spending two hours a day doing combat sports, all of a sudden you were doing an hour of CrossFit, hour of combat sports. And then, then some days you just started going in and just doing CrossFit and just the combat sports kind of faded. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. There was no, like, exact decision to leave behind martial arts so just it, it was definitely a kind of a slow fade through um have you have you done any fights yeah i had uh i think i had 20 fights but they're all wow. they're all well the mo- most of the time i was under 18 so you most of the time you're fighting uh other guys that are under 18 but i had some i fought in the like 18 plus category as well when i was not 18 <laughs> Gotcha. And is that it? Was it an Ireland outfit? An, an outfit that's based in Ireland? Yes, it was all Irish except I went. I had I went to a competition in Romania as well. It was like a European Championship uh, thing. And was that? And, and was it called kickboxing or was it called Chinese kickboxing? So it's Chinese kickboxing, which is called uh, Sanda or Sanxiao, which is. Um, did you ever watch the UFC fighter Kung Lee? Yeah. So that was his background. He had the same that was his the same sport. Okay. And were you born in you're born in Ireland? Yep. From Dublin. Your accent Dublin? Yeah. Your accent is so um I was going to use the word weak, but there's a better word. It's not strong. You're very easy to understand. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Um I have a kind of a neutral neutral accent. I'm not not too uh not too gimmicky. There's, um, yeah, some people. So I traveled over with some people here from the north of Ireland. And when we were at the gym, at Travis's gym, they were saying it was kind of hard to understand the northern accent. But saying mine was kind of uh, a bit more clear. Yeah, you almost have to listen um, clearly to realize that you're from Ireland. Like some sentences you say, you sound like you're just from the States. Oh, really? I've been spending too yeah. much time here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Is, do your parents sound like that too? Um, yeah, my mom definitely does. My mom has a very clear voice. My dad maybe has a little have, more so accent. Do you have siblings? I have one younger brother. Okay, and is he doing CrossFit? No, he doesn't. Does he like CrossFit? No, I don't think so. I don't think he. It's not his. It's not his <laughs> scene. How old is he? He's twenty-two, so he's two years younger than me. I bet you he's going to get into it. I I bet you you're going to have an influence on him. I really don't. I really doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Yeah. I just. I. It's just not his. It's just not his. Um, not his thing. You know, his things are different. Do Do either of your parents do it? No, but they do. My dad does like general fitness classes. He's He'd follow along a bit on the, um, like at the competitions and stuff, but he's easily confused. We were watching the uh, team competition at one of the semifinals recently. And just team competitions are hard to uh, to follow sometimes if you don't know what's going on. So it was a yeah. yeah. I was going to say, in defense of your dad, sometimes it's quite the shit show out there. Yeah, it's a, it is for sure. <laughs> 
when, when I learned CrossFit, I mean, I could not for the life of me, I was 34 years old and for the life of me, I could not like remember snatch, clean and jerk, um, you know, push press, like all those things. I'm just like, whoa, this is, I'm never going to, I'm never going to learn all this burpees. Like I was just yeah. like, I'm never going to learn. It's like a learning a whole new language. And, but it's weird because now that we're in it, it's like just, you can't imagine not knowing it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I remember what confused me was, um, snatch power snatch hang power snatch and i was like <clears throat> what the fuck i have no clue yeah too many yeah way too many so you're so you're born in dublin you're the first uh kid to your parents and uh did you have a pretty normal life as a child just basically go to school are your parents still together yep yeah yeah fairly normal enough yeah a and uh when did you start realizing you like sports and moving your body I'd say I was 11 or 12 um, when I was like young in school. The school I was in was kind of like you had to play sports and everyone was kind of it was there's pressure to play sports. And I just didn't like being told I had to play. You had to play basketball. You had to play hockey. You had to play rugby. You know, I was I, I like I didn't like um, being told to play. And I didn't like to be honest, I didn't like the people who were on the same team as me, you know. And so then when I. I was like leaving primary school or elementary school, I think, for you guys. Um, I found martial arts and I liked the fact that, you know, if anything went wrong, it was only me and I, I didn't have to rely on anyone else. You know, I, I guess I wasn't, um, I didn't fancy being on a team. Um, and I wasn't too good with the ball. I was better at, I wasn't going to kick the ball very well, but I could kick someone in the balls pretty well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So in, in, in the martial art and all those other sports were inside within the school system and martial arts was outside. It was somewhere you went after school. Yeah, exactly. And did you embrace it pretty quickly? Was it just one day a week or did you right away just start going every day? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Like at first, I think I think it was like you had to go three times a week was like the thing you signed <laughs> up for. And then suddenly I was going six days a week, you know, and I was getting I was progressing through pretty quick because I was like kind of getting obsessed with it quite quickly and you started at 12 years old yeah 11 or 12 i think it was 11 or 12 and and uh are there belts what tell me the name of the chinese kickboxing again what's it called asana sanda S sanda yeah s-a-n-d-a sanda are there belts in it so there was belt. so there's two sides of the uh of that kind of gym so there was the sports side which was the sanda the kickboxing and then like your traditional martial arts so like the kung fu so they they kind of blended both in the same gym so there was belts in the kung fu side of things and then the sanda was kind of strictly sport focused so you're like uh competitions in six weeks let's train for that sort of thing and so and so you were doing both simultaneously from when you were 11 or 12 yeah and uh how did you how many belts what belt did you get up to in kung fu uh black belt yeah Wow. So I don't, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool to say. I forget, I forget I am even, um, just saying, and now I remember that's a, that's a cool thing to say. And how many years did that take you to get that? Um, I remember being told I was the quickest guy to get there and it took about five years. Wow. That, that does five, seem yeah. really fast. Yeah. And I was, it was, you know, it was from the start. It was like a, I quickly became obsessed. It was like a seven, six, seven day a week focus. It wasn't like I was, it quickly became a, the front focus on my mind as opposed to like, for most people, it's like a thing I do after other stuff, you know? Right. Um, would there be days that you would go to the, um, dojo or the gym, um, two day, two times in one day? Yeah. If I had time off school, I'd usually end up doing that. Yeah. Okay. And were you, so it's, it's interesting because, and, and you've obviously embraced CrossFit the same way. You've become obsessive about it. Obviously, yeah. you know, you've embraced it completely, the lifestyle. Um, did you, were, did you know you were like that before you found Kung Fu? Or was that the first expression of that in your life? Like, did you ever before then draw every day or? Um, maybe a little, like, yeah, I was maybe looking back. I, I don't think I ever realized it and until then in the present moment but i think looking back like i'd play the guitar i'd i'd have to sit there till i could play a song 
a certain way or correctly or whatever. Um, I think even younger, I like to draw pictures and stuff, like really young or whatever. But um, I think in the present moment, I was like martial arts because you're obviously you're surrounded by people and people would say, wow, you're here all the time or look at you, you're doing something well or something, you know, you progress quickly or whatever it is. Like when you're sitting in your room playing the guitar, you don't know that. Right. Oh, right. So you're getting outside um, accolades or recognition. Recognition or something. And then that kind of makes you realize, oh, okay, I am a bit obsessed or a perfectionist in whatever way. And uh, so so you're, you're 16, 17 years old. You're, end, you're finishing in high school, and you get a back black belt in Kung Fu. And when does CrossFit come along? So CrossFit came along for me early as well. I was about 14 when we started doing CrossFit. Um, my PE teacher... So 10 years ago, you have 10 years of CrossFit experience? Pretty much. Not full exposure, wow. but like we were doing kettlebells and running okay. and kipping pull-ups and, um, you know, kind of stuff that you more a 14-year-old is more likely to do. And my PE teacher was well too qualified to be a PE teacher, well overqualified. He actually, interesting guy, he was the head referee for MMA in um, in Ireland. He was, if you ever look at Conor McGregor's first fight, uh, where he's in his like swim trunks in like a boxing ring, the referee, uh-huh. the referee is my PE teacher. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What a great story. It's very cool. Him and John Kavanagh, um, McGregor's <clears throat> coach, like we're, kind of came up the ranks of jiu-jitsu in Ireland um, together. I'm pretty sure uh, Jonesy, my PE teacher, was uh, the first Irishman to ever fight in a cage. Um, so, like, you know, if you messed up in PE, you look at this guy, scary-looking guy, you know, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna mess too much more. Um, but I quickly, like, I think we became fond of each other because of martial arts, and he was big. He's quite knowledgeable in strength and conditioning and he was doing a lot of CrossFit. So he had a kind of thing where he'd put up a workout of the day on the, on a notice board at lunchtime. And then you'd look at the workout and you'd show up after school and there'd be a group of lads there to do the workout. And I was, I was probably 14, but I think the rest of the guys were up towards the end of the school. They were 17, 18. So, um, I was definitely one of the younger guys doing it. And then that did, did he call it CrossFit? Did Jonesy call it CrossFit? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I wonder, I need to see a picture of him. I wonder if I know what he looks like. I wonder if I've ever met him before. Because in 2011, the community was really small. Even though there were, you know, three, four, five thousand gyms, we really all, um, a lot of us knew each other. Yeah. A lot of us knew each other. It was crazy, especially places like Ireland. You would know, you would know the people who were kind of the big deal in each country. Yeah. And so did he, and he actually called it WAD. He would put WAD on the, uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, work out of the day, WAD. He'd print it on a piece of paper and just like tack it to a board. Um, and you'd, you'd almost bump into all the guys looking at it there that day. Uh, you'd just pass a comment, oh, those thrusters are going to be hard. See you after school, you know. And these, and, and so the kids who went there were kids who gave a shit because they could yeah. be off chasing girls or throwing rocks or smoking weed or going home and watching TV. And instead, these were the boys and girls that did girls show up too? Um, not so much to this, um, but there was up like plenty of. Um, actually, sometimes there were, but it was more like like you'd scale it or ever differently. I don't think they had the same interest. Um, well, at, good. The, the boys time. needed a head. St- the boys needed a head start. Cause now the women are fucking taking over the sport. You bet. No, definitely. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I, I need to get that guy on the, what, what's Jonesy's full name. I need to get him on the podcast. What a great guest. What's his name? Uh, David, his Jones. Full name, do you know? David Jones, David Jones. Do you, are you still in contact with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he tripping on the fact that he introduced you to this and that you've just taken it to the highest level? I think he's uh, definitely uh, a little bit impressed. Because what he was telling me recently is like every year, because he's a PE teacher, every year someone, the kids come in like younger and younger and the kids every year are slightly less coordinated, slightly less willing. They've spent far more time on their Nintendo DS or whatever it is there. You know, every year it's a different story. Like when I was in school, he even just said it the other day, like when he said like, oh, 
congrats and can't wait to watch you compete. He was saying, like, I don't have anyone in school, in the school currently looking to do any of the same things as me and my friends are kind of looking to do. You know, every gener, even though it's, I've only been out of school five or six, five years, I think, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit shit. It's a bit sad. Brother. <sighs> I see your sorry, kids. I can't, I can't, I, sorry, I can't resist. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. No worries. The, the, the number one correlate for death in the United States, I, I can't speak for Ireland, but I bet you it's the same. I guarantee it's Heart the same. Heart disease, c- cancer, um, COVID, all of these deaths, all of these people, the vast majority, sorry, I won't say all these people, the vast majority of people who are dying from these things, we're not telling the truth. What it is, is they're obese. And the, and, and recently there was a study released in the United States that during the last 18 months, the number of kids with type 2 diabetes in this, in the United States has doubled. If, if they're reporting it's doubled, that means it's quadrupled or more because yeah. we know so many people do not go to the hospital. And what a travesty it is. It's not, a, what a travesty it is that the leading correlate for premature death is obesity. And during the last 18 months, it skyrocketed when, if anything, it should have been going down. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think I saw uh, in Iceland, I don't know if they still have this. Was it Iceland? It was some country, but basically they turn off the um, cable TV for a month every year. Really? They just – yeah, so no one in the country can have cable. And I'm not for government enforcement, but god damn, if they're going to enforce anything. That's the one to do. Yeah, like come on, man. Come on, man. Force every like I, I even heard someone on the on the news station I watched the other day, one of the news anchors say, Hey, this sucks to say this, but I think the world would be a lot better place if they forced all social media and media outlets to stop reporting for a month. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I agree. This is just insanity that people are getting more and more obese. And it's so sad to hear that you from, you know, from this guy, um, David Jones, uh, a man on the streets working with the kids. It's so sad to see that kids are are not building the habits and being exposed to the things that will, that they need their entire life. You need that until the day you die. Yeah. I, I, I know kids don't understand that. So you have to trick them into believing that because they're like, everything's okay now. Yeah. But the reason people go to nursing homes is because they lose the mobility and the, and the capacity to wipe their own ass. The second your parents don't, can't wipe their own ass, you're like, get in a nursing home. And it's like, Greg Glassman used to say that the cornerstone of CrossFit is uh, longevity. It's yeah. just mobility. It's just to be able to sit in a ch- sit on the toilet, wipe your ass, and get off. Well, that's that's a, that's all you're doing. You're squatting there, you know. It's right. It, it all goes full circle. Like you do your squats now, you keep up the habits for life, and you know, as you said, you can wipe your ass and s- stand up and down off the toilet. H- have you ever experienced burnout? Um, you've, been, you've been going. You've been going hard since you've been twelve, physically eleven. Have you ever experienced like, okay, enough of this shit? I'm just going to smoke weed with the boys and and go to the lake for the net and drink beers and oh yeah, chase for girls sure, for sure. Like, I think it's um, if I didn't, I think I'd be a psycho. You know, you have there's a balance there that you have to um, you have to experience normal stuff as well. Like, uh, what you know, you're not all. I think if you're only ever like an elite performer and you don't do anything else, how do you truly value being an elite performer because you don't know anything else? I hear you, but isn't it is what about what about this? And and I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm asking you as a question. What about the fact that you're in the gym? If you're in the gym from when you're 11 to when you're 17 and you're training, you know, two to four hours a day, what happens when you turn 17 and that focus turns to girls and drinking? Does that do you end up becoming like I I, I mean, there were there were years where I drank a 12 pack. My obsessive like for me, it just transferred whatever I'm doing. I do obsessively. Yeah. So like, you know, if I if I really liked um, puzzles. I did puzzles for a year, but like, you know, if I like drinking, then every morning, the first thing I did is I walked to the liquor store and get a 12 pack. How do you like, was it ever like that for you where you just completely jumped away from working out and, and were, um, I never just partying. I never completely jumped away. It was always in the background, but there was definitely a point where maybe the, that transition phase, like I was saying from like maybe 17 through kind of 19 where, I wasn't like 
I was definitely in a transition phase where I could afford to go drinking and partying and, you know, you start in college or whatever. So you're, you're, those opportunities are presented to you frequently and a lot more. So like I, I went through that phase. It's almost like, I'm glad I did it because now I don't crave any of it. Right. Right. And, and and I wonder if this too, now that you say that, I also know this, even in that phase, when I was in that phase, I even like in college, there was four or five years where I was just basically drunk every day. I still had the habits where I would wake up in the morning, even if I was hungover, I would ride my bike to the gold's gym and I would work out for 45 minutes. I would do the lap pull down machine and the bench press and, you know, and, and, and all that shit. So I guess I had still had the discipline. Did you work out through those oh, years yeah. also? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember just with the group of friends I was hanging out with as well, I was probably doing a lot more strength training, you know, at that time. And I was, I, I would still do like Metcons, but it wouldn't be like, you know, now it is like, it can end up being like 40 minutes on a rower. There was none of that. It was like, no, hang out with your friend, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, do some squats, do some bench, do your like bicep curls. And okay, we have 10 more minutes. Let's do like a, burpees and paraclean thing just for like a finisher kind of workout when you were 14 did um did jonesy have a, a watch would he time your workouts yeah yeah we used to do okay that's interesting yeah we used to it was for like things would be for time we used to do these big workouts at the end of every like school and um, like term or semester like halloween christmas easter and summer we used to all these do these rescue workouts so it was like a hero workout, but we called them rescue workouts because you either had to carry something or push a big sled for ages. So it's like you're rescuing something. And these workouts would be like north of an hour, you know, big, big workouts. So um, I remember we had one called Christmas Rescue one year. And um, I can't remember. There was some sort of weird theme where it's like you're you're rescuing an elf, but really you're carrying a sandbag on your shoulder and you're running 800 meters for laps. And, and I remember these were all for time and we'd like, cause they were kind of big, uh, test workouts, I guess that we'd keep score of. And, um, it would be more of a competition kind of setting. Yeah. When I, when I f um, first found CrossFit in 2000, summer of 2006, I remember, uh, my friend and I were at, a, uh, the gym at UC Santa Barbara in California, um, the university of Santa Barbara. And we, I think we were doing Fran and we didn't know that you had to do it for time. So yeah. first we figured out what a thruster is and Sam, you would do your 11 thrusters. Then I would do my 11 thrusters. Then we would look at some girls or drink some water and crack some jokes. Then he would do his 10. I would do my 10. Then we'd, you know, walk over to the pull up bar and do our pull ups. And, and even then like that, that introduction to me, that's the way I did CrossFit for the first three months. And even then the workouts were incredible, right? Yeah. I was like, holy shit, something is definitely happening to me. This, this is a brand new. Uh, stimulus and then finally uh, someone told me no you're supposed to time them and fucking ruined ruined crossfit for me it's funny how it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how a small clock or just a watch will make will make someone change how they're doing something so quickly and so drastically it's fascinating to talk to someone at 14 uh, to, to talk to someone who at 14 already knew that stuff because that's so foreign. It's like a whole generation is now growing up knowing CrossFit. And it was so foreign to those of us who hung out in the gym before then, like ropes and rings and timing and actually doing pull-ups instead of lap pull-down. Like all that stuff was so foreign. Kettlebells. I mean, we had no those, just weirdos use that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And – uh so when did you when did you start thinking that you would compete in CrossFit? Do you remember your first competition? Yeah, so my first competition was kind of in that transition phase. It was a competition at my own gym, um, just like a one day event kind of thing. Sorry, let me interrupt here. So, so let me go back one step before you talk about competition. So you went from doing them on the board. Um, in your school PE class, going after school, just volunteering. And then you made friends with the teacher because um, he was a martial arts guy and you were a martial arts guy. You'd been doing martial arts for like three years at the time. When did you switch to a gym? Uh, and, and was it a CrossFit gym? Yeah. So in Ireland, in your fourth year of 
uh, secondary school, you have kind of like a, we call it transition year. So you, it's less kind of um, studies focused and you kind of do some outside the school stuff. Like you do like work experience and um, uh, like outside like hikes and all sorts of weird shit. Like work at a veterinary work. clinic. Like yeah. work at a veterinary clinic or the the local dog shelter or some shit like that. Exactly. So or a national park. Okay. Yeah, something like that. So my um, Jonesy got me set up to do a week's work experience at a CrossFit gym. So I, yeah, which <laughs> was awesome. which was great. So I did that. I ended up staying or like becoming a member for the summer till September again. And school opened up, so I could train CrossFit over the summer. And then I trained again the school year, and I trained there the next summer. And then what was the name of the um? What was the name of the that affiliate, uh, CrossFit Ireland. Yeah. It was the first um, affiliate in the country, I think. Well, the, hence the name. I know who Jonesy is. Do you? I know who Jonesy is. What's his wife's name? Jillian Wallace. And she trained there too. Uh, oh, oh, no. Who, who did they? They didn't own CrossFit Ireland. No, 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 no. They didn't. Who owned CrossFit Ireland? A, Do you remember? A guy named Colm O'Reilly. And did he have a wife? No. Do, do do they put on the filthy 150? No, you're thinking of Jamie and Darina, who run uh, CrossFit Bua. Okay, okay, they're, sorry, they're sorry. Cool. I know them too. They're very cool people. Yeah, I'm disgusted that I don't know who Jonesy is if he was there around 2011. So I was going to try to pretend like I did. I okay. don't know if he okay. trained at an affiliate. He kind of followed it online more him himself, you know. Okay, and what was the name of that first gym you went to? Say that again. CrossFit Art. CrossFit Art. The one you did the. That's the one you did the internship at. Yeah, and then I ended up working there for a few years. Are they still open? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because they could never get that name now. You know that? Actually, yeah. I don't know. With the new regime, I don't know what kind of boundaries they're having on names. But that's awesome. They got that name because when I worked there at HQ, we would never give anyone that name. It be so that's awesome. They got it. Yeah, I think they they snuck in nice and early. Got that name. And then just, you know, never changed it. Okay, sorry. So you start so you started training there and then at that point you were so that's like around seventeen years old. Yeah, basically around that time. Okay. Your computer battery's not gonna die, is it? Uh, let me check. Um fifty one minutes remaining. I'm gonna check that though in five minutes. It might <laughs> might be lying. And if I'll, I'll plug it in if I need to. Okay. And so I trained there for the summers and then I trained in school during the year. And then when I finished school, I kind of, I got like a, I started cleaning the gym sort of thing so I could train there more. Uh, and then we went to the, the competition. You just mentioned the filthy 150. That was, I guess my first competition, proper competition, but it was obviously on a team. Uh, it was a team of four competition until it became a, a sanctional. And, and, and so, so you, so when you went to that gym and you showed up there at 17 years old, where did you rank amongst the clients in terms of fitness? I think my, were you pretty close to the top just going in from your three years with Jonesy? Yeah, I think my um, cardio was definitely up there and gymnastics, like pull-ups. I was always kind of good at pull-ups, but um, like a, like strength, like you know, you're you're 16, 17, you don't have that raw man strength yet. That just some guy who's never even trained could be stronger than you because you're you're a skinny 17 year old you know and then uh when do you start having it was there ever a point when you started have do you remember when you started having aspirations to go to the to the games yeah i think it was all i think it was always something that i thought would be really cool to do i don't think i was ever not uh thinking about it but i think when i made an actual kind of focus towards it was when I think I was 19 and I was just coming out of that kind of, okay, I'm drinking uh, a bit more than uh, is probably good. I know I'm saying that, but I was never like, I was never off the rails, but right. um, I wasn't super dedicated to anything. And I had been dedicated. I'd been dedicated to martial arts. So I had that inner need to dedicate myself to something. So then I was like, okay, let's make, let's make a good stab at this CrossFit thing. And I just recently, I think that was 2017, I was recently kind of just um, annoyed by my open performance. Like I was strong, I had all the skills, but just wasn't fit. So I said to myself, okay, next year, 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to like, obviously regionals was always that pedestal goal for, for so long. So I fully went all in, dedicated myself for a year, stayed under the radar. No one knew where I was. And then next year, 2018 qualified for regionals. And that was my first individual competition. So, so you were, if I'm hearing you right, you were really focused on just doing really well in the open. You're like, Hey, I don't want to be 27,000th. I want to, I want to see how good I can be in the open. Yeah. And then, and then you just became obsessed and then you did good enough in the open to get to the, were you shocked when you made it to the regionals? Um, I think I was shocked, but I knew it wasn't an accident. You know, I obviously right. I'd worked hard. And was any part of you like, nah, I'm not going to the regionals. That's just, I, I did what I needed to do. No, no, it was always. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm not going to go to the regionals. No, that wasn't you. That, that's not me. No. Okay. And so, you, and where were the regionals that year in 2018? Uh, Berlin. Wow. Yeah. So you fucking scrapped the cash, scraped the cash together and, and went out there and did it. Yeah, it wasn't too bad traveling from Ireland to Berlin because um, I think it was only a two and a half hour flight. But yeah, we got we got it together. We got out there. Did Did you know anyone else who qualified? Um, yeah. Or you just went out by yourself? No, I knew um, a guy, P.D. Savage. He's from the north of Ireland. He is the be Great name. best yeah, I was about to say, best name in the business. Yeah. Um, so I trained with him a few times. I knew another guy, Arminus. Who is this? Great name, Ar great name. Being an Armenian guy, Arminus sounds yeah. like a good, great. It sounds like Armenian and penis put together. Arminus, <laughs> nothing better. Um, uh huh. He's he was from um, Lithuania, but trained in Cork in Ireland, so I knew him as well. So I had some guys I knew, um, to go like when I was there. So I wasn't uh, totally out of the loop, you know. And then how did you do there? Pretty middle of the pack. Um, like usually around 20th place. I had one workout where I actually finished second. I nearly won an event, um, which kind of took me off, <laughs> took me by surprise. And then the next event I came like bottom five. So it was like, like a really good workout, really bad workout. And then the rest of them kind of in the middle, you know? So the, the media was like, Oh my God, who's this guy? This is amazing. Oh, never mind. It was a fluke. He sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did you have your the girlfriend you have now did you have her back then uh i just started going out with her then yeah <clears throat> wow yeah so you kind of ha you have a witness to your success i guess yeah, yeah 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 that's awesome yeah it's very cool yeah that's really cool so okay so you come home from that regional and then and then what are, are you like are you reinvigorated Yes. For are, sure. are you looking at your are you looking at your battery? Yeah, I'm gonna plug it in. Um Okay. Give me, Go for give it. me one sec. Do it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Cheers. Cheers. Do it. He stepped away from his computer. He took out his headset. I'm guessing he I'm guessing he can't hear me right now, but I'm guessing his computer is like a two thousand fourteen laptop where the battery only lasts half as long as it claims it does. Ah, maybe it's not even his computer. No, no, no. If he's plugging in, it is his computer. Okay, he's sitting back down. And now we will ask him. He's putting in the earphone. Sam, what year is your computer? I have no idea. It's 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 my mom's. I'm not a computer ah. guy. Ah. Yeah. I was I, I while you were gone I was talking to the listeners telling them I predict that your computer is a 2014 laptop and if the battery says it's 100% it's really only 50%. I'd say it's about 2014 I'd say that's yes. that's probably spot Thank on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 you what did you end up placing in that regional in 2018? I think it was like 21st or 22nd. Okay, out of 40 guys. Yeah. And so you come back and you're like, okay, that was a good run. Time to get a job or you're reinvigorated. You're like, oh, shit, I can do this. Yeah, I'm reinvigorated because someone said, look, you're 20, you're 20 years old. You can, you, can, um, you can go to regionals for the next 10 years if you want to. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's giving me a good focus. And, and I was kind of thinking, hmm, 
I don't want to just go to regionals for the next 10 years as well. Like I'd rather get better every year and some at some point qualify for the games. And then so you you um so then you 2019 what happens? 2019 so I ended up kind of coaching myself a bit. Um so obviously you know your programming slightly biased to stuff that you probably enjoy a bit more. And that rowing and wall balls workout comes up. So it's the first workout of the open it's just engine it's rowing and wall balls and I just blow up. I try the workout three times and I get worse every time. And it's wow. you know it's just it's just not happening. So I'm like you know, that was the first year of the national champion. So I was like, okay, I'm in with a good shot as well. So I'm, I'm like 35th in Ireland after workout one. And then I win like three or four of the next workouts. So it was that one workout I wasn't prepared for. And it just, it just got me hard. So no, no, um, no real qualification that year, but I ended up going to some uh, just so you know, listeners, they, they use that term differently in Ireland. When he says um, that workout got him hard, he doesn't mean it like the way we, we think in the United States. Okay, go on. Well, you know, maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave it up to interpretation. Okay, go on. So so do, so 2019, uh, it's 2019, and you bombed the first workout. Well, relatively bomb it. You still did great at it. You took 35th in Ireland. But – and then the next three workouts you won, you said? I won the next one and I won another one of them. And I think Okay. And I, I was only I wasn't even repeating them, you know, I was just going once. Um I think I clawed my way back up to fifth fifth in Ireland, I think it was. Um but it was just wasn't good enough. But it was good enough to get me or did I qualify to that? Anyway, I qualified for some sanctionals that year for some kind of competition experience. Cause uh, regionals have been my only individual competition so i needed to get some, crazy some experience you know and i always think you know it's better like coming from martial arts it's um you know crossfit's never going to punch me in the face so, right so you know i had the i had competition experience just not in the same kind of way right and then and then so so you didn't qualify in 2019 no and and does that re does that break your heart? Yeah, so it was interesting. Like, does that kind of piss you off that someone in Ireland's fitter than you? You're like, well, Jesus Christ, I want to go to the the event where the fittest people in the world are, and I can't even beat all the people on my own fucking island. Yeah, no, that's you, you, I couldn't have said it better. That it's definitely that kind of feeling, you know. You know, you have one, you have an expectation of yourself, and then it's a harsh reality of, okay, fuck, I can't um, live up to it. Was the dude who beat you in 2019, were, are any of those guys at the games this year? This year, no. Oh, fuck those guys then. <laughs> what happened to them? Um, the guys who were, okay. won the national champion spots are, are good, like, they're legit athletes. One of them had a shoulder surgery within the last year, and um, the other guy who won the national champion the next year was in the... I think it came tenth of the German throwdown, so still a, a decent showing. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, Tommaso um, from Ireland, Stefano. I think that's Wait. the Italian flag. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the Irish flag just turned on its side. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I don't see any other. I don't see any other Irish men at the. Um, Lowlands Throwdown. No, you were the only one at the Lowlands. At the German, there was two other guys. Okay. Yeah, they wanted to stay away from you. Yeah, you bet they did. When you um, when you see these names, okay. So then, 2020, what happens to you? Um, we have a. I was in. I was in good shape, um, and I just lost the national champion spot by one point. So it was. It was a close race. So I felt better about myself that year because um, I ended up placing like that year I was one point out of the national champion spot, but two of us Irish guys were in the top 40 worldwide of the Open. So okay. it was a big step up. And, and, and did that matter that you weren't a national champion in 2020? Did you still get to qualify? I didn't end up qualifying that year, but I did go to a bunch of sanctionals. I went to like Dubai and Wadapalooza and you know, big, big competitions are probably the next best thing to the games. 
And and how were those? How did you do in Dubai and how did you do it uh Guadalupe? Oh, I did really badly actually, you know. I um <laughs> I did really badly. I, I hear the competition is brutal. It is. So, Very stiff. Good is. guys, not a lot of workouts. So I surprised myself by qualifying for Dubai and I just went in the mindset of just wasn't I didn't go in with any mindset really. You know, I went in and just went, look, let's see what happens, which is not the way to do things. And by the time I got to Wadapalooza, I had done four sanctionals in like three months or something crazy. And I was just, my, you're lacking motivation and your body is saying, stop. So. And is Max your coach at this point? No, no. Okay. I think if I said that to Max now, he'd, he wouldn't be too pleased. <laughs> because you just started with him in December of 2020. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then the open rolls around for 2021. And what is your, what was your goal? The, the thing about the open this year was kind of interesting was there was, there was no real point to the open. If you're, if you're, um, a good athlete, you know, it's just like qualify to quarterfinals and then worry about everything. So my goal was just to get to quarterfinals and then kind of, smash quarterfinals get the semis and see what see what we could do and and how did you do in the quarterfinals quarterfinals i came 16th in europe but okay um so what happened was i actually got a penalty on one of the workouts like a major penalty so i got 15 percent of my score added to my or like of my time added to my time so it was like a big penalty so if i did the maths i would have come like fifth or sixth um, what was the what was the penalty? It was a virtual workout. Yeah, so it was my lockout on hands on push ups. Like that's as straight as my okay. arm goes, but it, even there, it doesn't even look straight. Uh, right. But to be fair, it was a it was a legit penalty. You know, I can't. You know, it looked it looked really bad, and I, you know, I can't say I don't deserve it. So. It's interesting. I wonder what the strategy is at the CrossFit Games. You know, like when you get pulled over to by the police, and they're like, "Always be honest." I, I feel like every time I've told the police that they pull me over and they're like, how many, you know, when I was younger, they would say, how many drinks have you had? And I would say one. And then they pull me out of the car and fucking test me. And then if I say zero, even though I've had six, I'm good to go. But they still say, to be honest. But anyway, I wonder if it's better to tell the judge at the CrossFit Games, hey, I don't lock out. Man, look at my arm. My arm, when I put it straight, straight. It's not that your arm doesn't go straight. It's that you have a bi- – look at your bicep. It just looks- you just have a giant bicep <laughs> that I don't have. I wonder if it's better to tell your judge that your arm doesn't go totally straight or – if you say that, then you're fucked because they're just going to be looking at it the whole time. Yeah, I wonder. I'll let you. I'll <clears throat> let you know. Ask Matt. Ask Max El Hodge. Yeah, he'll know. He's the man with the plan. That's a Max question. Okay, so then when so when you when at the quarterfinals you're pumped. You you're like you're at this point now working to go to the games. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and you make it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So we didn't and, think we thought semifinals still could have been in person, you know. Okay. We didn't. They only kind of announced it maybe a month or a month and a half before the actual event, saying, "Okay, it's it's um it's online." So we didn't know what to expect. We were we could have been traveling to the Netherlands, or we could be staying home. But 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 you did it online, and oh, look at this! I just got a text from Travis Mayer. Oh, what's he saying now? I was asking him about the kayak. I can't read you the text because that would be inappropriate to share. Okay. He said it was good. He said it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, and, and why does that matter? Sorry, I was, I was multitasking. Why does that matter whether you know if it's a virtual event or not a live event? You said it like that that's important. Well, it's just knowing what to expect, you know. If it's an online thing, you're going to train a slightly different way than if it's in person. You're going to have access to different equipment. You know, it's not going to be, it's going to be slightly more like open-based equipment. You're not going to have super heavy dumbbells. You probably aren't going to have sandbags. You're not going to run, you're probably. Going, you're not going to run, you know, so it... Not far. Not far, anyway. You know, it's, um, it changes the, the training slightly. And the preparation, like obviously you have to book hotels, you have to f- fly, you have to get food prepped and all this stuff. 
Um, did you know? Did you choose the Lowlands Throwdown as your first pick? Did I? I think I did. I but the reason I did was because I'd been to their competition in years past, and I I thought it was a good, well-run competition. Um, so I picked it before were, were, we knew it was going to be online. And what did you think when you saw some of these names in here, like BKG, Adrian Munviller, um, Ioannis Papadopoulos? I probably didn't say that right. Sounded good. I mean, uh, Bronislaw Olenakowicki, whatever that guy's name is. I mean, these are all uh, Frederick Egidius. I mean, these are all these are all scary guys. Where you're like, oh shit, I chose the wrong one. Um. No, because I just, you know, everyone can seem scary until it's three, two, one, go. And then it, right. you know, it doesn't really matter then. You just have to go your hardest. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I never really felt like I was shit out of luck or anything, you know. And then you did fantastic. These are the kind of numbers that you want to win an event. You have a fifth, a ninth, a tenth, a fifth, an eighth, and a fifth. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, crazy consistent. And you te- and you tied with uh, some guy. Oh yeah, yeah. This guy has a great name. You tied with Uldis. Uldis. U- Uldis Upanikis. Upaniks. Uldis Upaniks. Did you meet him? Yeah, I met him. No, I met him the oh. other day at the, um, the. We had the athlete dinner yesterday. Um, he's a quiet. He's a quiet guy. He's really nice. Seven. He got seventeenth place in workout four, where you got fifth place. What one was that? Snatches, I think, maybe. Yeah, he got thirty-eight reps, and you got forty-six. Damn, you did good in that. That was a good workout. So, I know the semifinals were stressful because you're you're basically you're you're working out in the dark, right? You don't know what anyone else is doing, how they're doing, and every day they're releasing the scores just slowly. Like they dribble out like at noon or at three o'clock, right? They, um, with the time difference, they release at like 9 p.m. So you're waiting, okay. you're waiting all day till nine. And then when they release the final scores you and you, and you see you're in third place, are you still feeling confident or are you like, oh shit, that I, I could still be penalized. Shit could still move around. Yeah, it was, you know, you do feel a little bit of that, but what was nice was you get a, um, email saying okay your video has been verified so i got my videos verified which is soon after the qualification like within the hour and that was kind of like okay this is that's good news okay step one check the worst they can do now is say they fucked up and confuse my video with someone else's yeah (laughs) yeah The, the odds go way down and then and then so basically at that point you know you're going to come to the games and then this is your first crossfit games yeah exactly no it is yes yeah holy cow yeah did did you did you think you would make it this quickly in your career at 24 years old um i never really set an expectation on what age i had to be or when i qualified but um no i think this is probably the probably about the right time and um did you have to change did you have plans this week Instead of the CrossFit Games that you had to push away? No, no, I was lucky in that sense. <laughs> Calendar's wide open. Yeah. And um, obviously the two big things that are, are scary, obviously, are the fact that you would test positive for COVID and couldn't compete or that you couldn't get travel. How hard was it to come to the United States? Um, yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, what happened was we qualified and then we we're like, oh, great. And then you look up how to get to the States and turns out it's quite difficult. And so then everyone's on to CrossFit. Everyone's kind of panicking. Okay, how are you going to get to the States? Uh, CrossFit, what can you do? Are you going to get the athletes like special allowances or whatever? And we didn't hear much at the start. And then rumors start going around. Okay, you have to travel to Dubai for two weeks or to Mexico for two weeks to be out of the EU. So you can travel straight into the States on an ESTA. Um, and then, then CrossFit are saying, okay, we're on to Homeland Security. We're going to get this sorted. So you're kind of fighting between, okay, I need at least two weeks in Dubai or Mexico. So I need to leave with a potential week of quarantine in, the, in Madison. You, we didn't know if we have to do that or not. 
So you need to leave three weeks before the game start. And CrossFit are, we're now three and a half weeks out from the games and CrossFit are still not saying we've got you this pass. So it got very close between, we had to go halfway across the world to go the, nearly the full way across the world, <laughs> you know? And were you planning on doing that? Yeah, we were all looking into it. We were all looking into getting some accommodation in Dubai and, um, God, that would have been expensive. Very expensive. Very, very expensive. Um, and, but then literally, what was it? They got the, they got the pass. So they're onto Homeland Security. They got the national interest exemption, which it was called. Um, we got it on a Thursday and by Saturday I, I was in Georgia training. With and, and, wow. And where did your flight, did your flight fly directly from, uh, Dublin to Atlanta? No, I had to go through Chicago. Oh shit. Yeah. So you fly eight hours to Chicago, wait two hours and then travel two hours down. Okay. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And then, uh, and, and then no quarantine or anything. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing over here. I think maybe I'm back. It's uh, a self quarantine kind of thing, you know? It's not like Australia where they, they put you in a hotel and lock you away. No, I make you pay for it. No. It's not like that, thankfully. Yeah, that's good. I think Canada might be doing some shit like that too. Oh, really? I think. Makes me want to vomit. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what? What are your? Do you have pl plans after the games? How long you're staying? Yeah. So, I actually do have some cool plans. Me and my girlfriend. While I was in Georgia, I had the genius idea of heading to Mexico for a week on the way home uh, to like some resort. So, I booked that there the other day. Um, it's very cheap to get to Mexico from here. I think it's like $150 per person to fly from Chicago to Cancun. So I thought that was a good, uh, good chance. And sure, you know, I'm, I'm already on this half of the side of the world. You know, I can, I might as well go to Mexico. I can go to any of the local spots, um, anytime I want back home. Right. Right. You're going to love it. Okay. So you're here. Um, you registered, you took whatever tests, virus tests, you passed those. Yep. You're all good. All good. And, um, what were, were people freaking out? What's the talk about the guys who are, any of the other athletes freaking out since what happened to Bethany Shadburn? Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know if they're freaking out, but there was definitely talk. Like you could see at the, um, at the, we had like a athlete orientation kind of gathering. The dinner? Uh, not the dinner, the morning after where they kind of tour you around and show you the the venue kind of thing. facility. Yeah. Okay. That was this morning. That was this morning. Um, and like, it was a kind of question and answers part and people are asking like, are there going to be more testing throughout the weekend and questions like that. And if there's, if you have symptoms or whatever. And then while we're at the, we went in and tested at the kayaks and tested at the swimming because Bethany Shadburn trains with her, her crew. The uh -huh. other members of her crew are going to be separated from the main group for the whole weekend. So they had to come at a different time on a different mode of transport, stay like on the other side of the, the, the <laughs> fields, the two of them, try to swim at a different time, try the kayaks at a different time. And I think they're going to have to be in like a, a there's going to have to be like an empty lane between them and everyone else at the, in the, in the games. Um, have you seen um, Carrie Pierce or Danielle Brandon? Only like with your own eyes. Only from afar because they were uh, <laughs> <laughs> down, the, down the other end of the field. Oh man, you should uh, you should get a rock and put "Hi, nice to meet you." I'm Sam Stewart, <laughs> and just throw it across the field at them. They probably feel lonely over there. You could even tie like a little parachute, you know, like you used to do to rocks when you were a kid, and you throw it, and then it kind yeah. of sails down. <laughs> um. Yeah, I heard I, – I don't know if this is true, but I heard earlier today that they are also – not only will they have their own area when possible, but that they will always be in the final heat regardless of their placement. There, therefore, no one else has to touch the equipment after them. Oh, I didn't know. That makes a bit of sense, I guess, if they're trying to do that kind of thing. Yeah, come on, Sam. Nothing makes sense. But I appreciate you throwing that That's in That's fair. It. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's it's impress it's it's impressive that you made it here. 
you are um does it trip is it tripping any of your family and friends out that like there's the there's this planet earth and it circles the sun in this galaxy and through one of the most non-political open competitions in the history of mankind the crossfit open you have climbed your way to what i've always thought was more impressive than any other anything that they do in the olympics because th- this net is so wide right mm. i mean this is all of humanity can enter this and now you're in this list of god let's see let's go to the games 38 uh, 40 40 just two couldn't show up but you're in this list list of the 40 fittest men in the world and you're the only irish flag um it, are people in your circle tripping like your mom and dad and yeah i think I think I'm 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 pretty chilled. So it, like I just kind of take things in my stride. I don't get too uh, too um, caught up in any of that. But like like my friends, the people I work with, the people at my gym. Uh, I guess my parents and they're 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 excited for me for sure. Let's say there are sports that are harder. Let's say. Let's say becoming a UFC champion is harder than becoming the fittest man in the world. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I, I, someone could say it's 10 times harder. Fine. I'm okay with that. Mm. The one thing, though, that this sport has, and, and granted, it's hard as fuck. I'm not suggesting that it's not, is that there's so many people entering. Yeah. And it's so transparent. Like, you just see it. There's no politics. Like, this is it. And it was always – it's um Men and women get paid the same amount. All you need to do is enter the open, and and you're in. You don't got you don't got to deal with any sports bodies. You don't got to like kiss anyone's ass at the U.S. Olympic Weightlifting Commission. Like it's just That's like true. these are the fastest cars in the neighborhood. Well, I I guess I know exactly what you mean. Like it's it's truly earned. You know, you didn't earn through your actions, not earned through anything else or given to you. And there's so many people doing it. Yeah. So many people. And if and, and truly, if anyone thought they could beat any of you 40, they've tried. <laughs> Meaning there's no one there, – there may be there, – there may be a guy out there uh, – I guess I shouldn't say that. That's going to really piss some people off. I, 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 I truly think that these are the 40 fittest guys on the planet. I, I You know – Someone could say or disagree with me. That's fine. It's it's not that big of a deal. But th- it's it's an amazing pyramid of hierarchy to get to it. Yeah. Does any? What do you think about the fact that the Russians can't make it here? It's kind of disgusting, right? It's like fuck, man. Yeah. We're all humans. Get them over here. Let's see everyone compete. Yeah, it's a bummer. Like it's it's I. It would be heartbreaking if you were in that situation. I you know it doesn't seem like there's any really good reason why they aren't here. You know if. It's not like it's – there's no valid reason, you know? Yeah, he's not he, – he's not they're, – they're not – yeah, exactly. Unless maybe they weren't going to go home. That's what – I think that might be what I'm they're afraid joking. of. <laughs> I think they stopped doing that in the 70s. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Fair. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Is doing this podcast a distraction for you being that you – um? You compete tomorrow. Has any of this been um, bad for you to take time? What would you be doing if you weren't doing this podcast right now? Uh, not much. Packing my bag for tomorrow. You know, I'm not. I'm not like a super anal about anything. You know, I'm just like go with the flow. I'd be talking to someone else if I wasn't talking to you. So I might as well be talking to you. You know. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, maybe throughout the weekend, I'll try to bug you. No pressure if you don't respond, but unfortunately for you, I have your phone number. <laughs> Very good. And uh, feel free to send me any pictures, naked pictures of Travis, like if he's changing by the lake or anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you very much for your time. This was uh, this was awesome. I, I'm trying to think. You're the only. I think you're, this is the only athlete I've interviewed. On site. I mean, it's only been two days, so who knows? Maybe there'll be others. Yeah. But I really, but I really appreciate your time, Savon. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Yep.